Hey, faithful listener, thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Happy Tuesday, friends and faithful listeners. You've tuned into the P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen. Now, today we are going to be discussing Exodus chapter 35, verses 20 through 35. We have a lot to read today, so I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into this so that we uh, don't take 45 minutes on a podcast episode. But this is quite a bit to read and uh, quite a bit to discuss. So I'm excited to just go ahead and uh, discuss this with you guys, and hopefully you've grabbed that cup of coffee or your cup of tea, and also your Bible, and are ready to read. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. version this morning. All of the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. They came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing, and brought Yahweh's offering for the work for the tent of meeting, and for all of its service, and for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought brooches, earrings, signet rings, and armlets, all jewels of gold, even every man who offered an offering of gold to Yahweh. Everyone with whom was found blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, and sea cow hides brought them. Everyone who offered an offering of silver and bronze brought Yahweh's offering, and everyone with whom was found an acacia wood for any work of the service brought it. All of the women who were wise-hearted spun with their hands and brought that which they had spun, the blue and the purple and the scarlet and the fine linen, and all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun the goat's hair. The rulers brought the onyx stones and the stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate, with the spice and the oil for the light, for the anointing oil, and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a freewill offering to Yahweh, every man and every woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all of the work which Yahweh had commanded to be made by Moses. Moses said to the children of Israel, Behold, Yahweh has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. He has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of workmanship, and to make skillful works, to work in gold, in silver, and in bronze, in cutting of stones for the setting, and in carving of wood, to work in all kinds of skillful workmanship. He has put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, the son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with wisdom of heart to work all kinds of workmanship of the engraver, of the skillful workman, of the embroiderer, in blue and in purple and in scarlet and in fine linen, and of the weaver, even of those who do any workmanship, and of those who make skillful works. So I really want to point out verse 20 here, which is the first verse we started on. It says that after Moses was done talking with the congregation of Israel about the Ten of Meeting, it says specifically in verse 20 that all of the congregation of the children of Israel went home. So they listened to Moses. They listened to what Moses had to say about the Ten of Meeting, and then they went home home. So Moses was not doing this like manipulation thing where he was trying to get people to commit to stuff. Everything Moses had said was, if you want to bring a gift for the tent of meeting, go home, decide what you want to bring, 
and bring it. So the people were not uh, forced to give. They were not forced to make a commitment right then and there. They were allowed to go home and to think about it. And this probably took several days, if not several weeks, to bring all of the stuff to Moses for the tent of meeting. I mean, this took some time. And the other thing I want to mention is I've been reading a book by Simon Sinek, which is called Leaders Eat Last. And one of the things he mentioned in this book was that one of the worst things that you can do uh, for morale in your workplace, <clears throat> if you own a business, is to do like competitions within your workplace. It is very unhealthy for the employees because they are battling against each other. It's typically not good. So Moses also didn't do this whole like thing where he was trying to uh pit the different tribes against each other like oh we're gonna see how much money this tribe brings over this tribe and <laughs> like he wasn't doing any kind of crazy competition I remember um side note years ago when I first started working at the salon there was a competition that my salon had which was we were supposed to we would win a flat iron a very nice flat iron if we sold the most product but here's the thing about that competition. If we didn't sell enough product, we could get fired. And I was on the brink of being fired because guess what? I am a terrible saleswoman. In every aspect of sales, I am bad at it. I am not a good marketer. I am just not a good saleswoman. The uh, salon did this competition and it like pit us against each other a little bit. It was weird. We had like this weird you know, thing going on between the stylists, like, it, it, I mean, being a hairstylist is already a very, very competitive field. I don't know what they were thinking by doing this competition. But luckily, I ended up selling the cheapest product that we had in the store. All I did was I put the cheapest product we had on my station, and I would spray it in everybody's hair before they left. It was like a, I don't know what it was exactly. It was like a detangler. And after I washed their hair, I would spray this in and I'd be like, look how nicely your hair is brushing out. And I sold enough of that cheap product to actually end up winning that flat iron. Fun fact, I was very excited about that. And I did not get fired either. But <laughs> my point with that story is it was a terrible idea. And I, I've been at other salons in my lifetime and other workplaces that have had weird competitions like that and they just never go well because everybody is pitted against each other at that point and so this is why I like you know verse 20 here where it says that Moses was not doing any of these stupid tactics to try to get more money or more stuff instead he told the people what they needed for the building of this tent of meeting and he let the people go home and think about it. It was up to the people. It was their free will, according to both God and Moses, that they bring whatever they wanted to bring. And this is kind of where I, I find it interesting, and I might get in trouble for saying this, why some people don't believe in the concept of free will. Because there's many things in the Bible that say that we do, in fact have free will, that God gives us, you know, these choices that we're allowed to do what we want to do, in a sense, 
You know, like we're allowed to sin. We're allowed to make good choices. We're allowed to make bad choices. We're allowed to bring gifts. We're allowed to not to bring gifts. <laughs> God was not going to punish the people here in Exodus 35 that chose not to bring a gift. But he did say that everybody who was wise brought a gift. That's what it says specifically. For example, here in verse 25, it says, All the women who are wise-hearted spun with their hands and brought the gifts. So what they would do is if these women who were wise were making these things to donate to this tent of meeting. And it seems like there is tons and tons and tons of stuff here that is being donated to the tent of meeting. In fact, we'll find that out later on. But, you know, I mean, these people, it says here that they were bringing Men and women were bringing jewels, they were bringing earrings, they were bringing rings and bracelets and all this other stuff to donate to the temple. Rather than doing a crazy kind of manipulation tactic of Moses trying to get the people to bring stuff, the people were just bringing it. They wanted to bring it. They wanted to contribute in the making of this tent of meeting. And the people who didn't want to bring this stuff didn't bring it. That's kind of just how it went down. And it says that they were doing it for Yahweh. That's the other thing I like. It, that, I mean, they, they've mentioned that a handful of times just from verses 20 through 29. It says, uh, I think like four or five times they were bringing it for Yahweh. They brought Yahweh's offering in verse 21. And then there's another word here. It says that um, the men were bringing willing heartedly bringing uh, the brooches and the earrings and offering of gold to Yahweh. That's what it says in verse 22. And then in verse 24, it says they brought Yahweh's offering. So, I mean, that's already three times it's mentioned here. And then it says at the very end, right here in verse 28, that they brought a free will offering to Yahweh. So this was of their own free will that they were to bring this stuff. But it does say that the people who did in fact donate to this project, not only were wise-hearted, but were doing this because they wanted to do it for God. So I do find that really, really cool. So moving on, it says that um, all the children of Israel brought a freewill offering to Yahweh, every man and every woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all of the work which Yahweh had commanded to be made by Moses. So then after this, it says uh, in verses 30 through 35, a new character of the Bible is about to be announced. And the interesting thing about this guy that's being announced is he's only mentioned here just for a few chapters of the Bible in Exodus about the work that he is doing for the temple. It says that God put his spirit on this man named Bazalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, and of the tribe of Judah. So this guy was a very, very special guy that had God's spirit on him, and he was able to, like, make all of this crazy stuff. Like, I mean, he wasn't just in construction and architecture or anything like that. He was an artist. He was an embroiderer. I mean, I don't know one single man. I don't know one man in my life that knows how to embroider. <laughs> I, I truly don't. I know a couple women that know how to embroider. I've never met a man that just sits down to embroider. And this guy knew how to do it. He was doing all of this stuff. It says that he was a skillful worker. 
And on top of that, he was able to work in gold and in silver and in bronze and cutting of stones. I mean, all of those things, very, very different, I would guess. And then he was able to carve wood as well. So this guy was just like, a jack of all trades but rather than being a jack of all trades he was like a professional jack of all trades he was really really smart he could do all this stuff extremely professionally and it would look fantastic you know like he wasn't just cobbling stuff together which is typically what the the jack of all trades kind of means like you can do a a little bit of a lot of stuff which is me personally Uh, Jack of all trades, a master of none is the saying. But this guy was like a master of all trades. That's that's a better way to put it. And then in verse 34, it says that God is going to be teaching Bezalel. And this also this man named Oheliab or Oholiab, I think. And it says that God has filled them with wisdom to work in all kinds of workmanship of an engraver, of a skillful workman, of an embroiderer in blue and purple, and in scarlet and fine linen, of a weaver. And so basically everything, this guy and this other guy, Aholia, did everything. They were able to do literally every single thing that needed to be done in order to make this temple. Isn't that crazy? So I would guess that this this man, uh, Bezalel, and also Aholiab, were probably two men that like oversaw all the stuff. They oversaw uh, the women that were making stuff. They oversaw the men that were building stuff. They oversaw everything and everybody to come together to build this beautiful tabernacle that would be God's dwelling place. Now, that's another thing I want to mention real quick is this temple was supposed to literally be God's home. He was supposed to live there. His presence was supposed to live in this home and it would be among the people. But in the last couple chapters, God took his presence away from the people. So now that the people are hearing that God's presence is coming back, perhaps this is why they were so excited to build this tabernacle. Perhaps that's the reason because God's presence was going to be coming back and maybe there was some sort of void that happened when God left because it says that the people grieved when God left. So perhaps there was like this, this void that they felt when God's presence really left them. And now to hear that God's presence is going to be coming back and living there with them has really filled them with joy and they truly want that. And so maybe that's why this whole gusto is happening of bringing this stuff, of making all those beautiful materials, of having this heart of wisdom, because they just desperately want God's presence back with them. So faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode today. And if you did, please feel free to share it on your social media platforms, to share it with a friend, uh, to tell people about it, because that is how the P4U Ministries podcast is going to be spread. So I'm going to be uploading a few more episodes on my YouTube channel today, which is some of my older ones. So please feel free to go over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, and stay tuned for everything that's going to be happening soon on the YouTube channel as well. I'm going to be purchasing soon a very nice uh, camera that I hope to start making actual videos with. But I would really love to hear your guys' opinions on what you want to see from the YouTube channel. I have a few ideas myself, but I would truly love to hear your guys' ideas of anything that you would love to see more of 
on the P40 Ministries YouTube channel. So contact me by going to my website, www.p40ministries.com contact. And please let me know if you have any ideas of what you would like to see on the P40 Ministries YouTube channel. Friends, I'm always looking for new guests to come on the podcast. And I've mentioned this before. I love having preachers on. So if you have a pastor that you think would be a great fit for the P40 Ministries podcast, please uh, give him my contact information, or you could contact me yourself and give me his contact information, and perhaps you can hear your pastor on the P40 Ministries podcast. Friends and faithful listeners, have a fantastic rest of your day. Happy listening, and God bless. <music>